Welcome once again to Great Stories About Great Storytellers. I'm your host, Randy Overbeck, and I have the privilege of sharing the unusual and sometimes strange backstories of famous authors, poets, and directors. My award-winning trilogy, The Haunted Shore Mysteries, feature murder mysteries wrapped in ghost stories, but each installment contains romantic elements as well. Boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. Well, you get the idea. One could argue that the origins of my stories of love and romance in almost all modern tales of love can be traced to the writings of one woman, Jane Austen, one of the most famous female writers Britain ever produced. Not bad for an author who completed only six novels during her short life. Miss Austen's fame had been hard-earned, slow in coming, and achieved through several avenues. Not surprisingly, her work received little regard during her lifetime. In fact, during her life, any writing by Miss Austen had to be published under a pseudonym, because women, especially genteel women then, were not supposed to engage in such vulgar protests as writing. It wasn't until the 1920s, more than a hundred years after her death, that literary scholars began to recognize her novels as masterpieces. And since then, her fame has only grown. As far back as the 1940s, most American high school seniors encountered Austin's works usually pride and prejudice or persuasion, in their British literature classes. When I taught high school myself uh, more than a few years ago, I remember well that even though her novels were written nearly 200 years earlier, my students, especially female students, found her work remarkably accessible and even managed to get her humor and satire. More recently, Jane Austen has come to be regarded as, quote, the patron saint of chiclet. Her works deserve this accolade, perhaps because they represent women's literature at its best. Her novels tell stories of agony and ecstasy of young love, but they also show Austen to be a keen observer of human nature and a sharp critic of society's treatment of women. Her writings have inspired decades of Regency novels, women's lit, historical, suspense, mysteries, most of which can trace their inspiration right to Jane Austen. A quick search of Regency novels on Amazon yields over 40,000 titles. One of the latest variations of Austen novels has arrived in paranormal fashion. Think of Mr. Darcy as a handsome, enchanting vampire. If imitation is the highest form of flattery, there have been a good number of flatterers. Bridget Jones' Diary, best-selling novel by Henry Fielding in 1996, and blockbuster movie in 2001, was inspired by Jane Austen's work. A character in the modern story is even named Darcy. The 1995 movie Clueless took inspiration from Austin's Emma. Even Bollywood got in the adulation act with the 2004 Bride and Prejudice. 
The popularity of her work is also evident in the many film and TV adaptations of Emma, Mansfield Park, Pride and Prejudice, and Sense and Sensibility. Also, the past two decades have seen a few famous Austin-inspired novels. Searching for Jane Austen by Emily Arbach, The Jane Austen Book Club by Karen Joy Fowler, and Mr. Darcy Takes a Wife by Linda Bertol. More recent fiction, based on Austen, has little to do with either romance or social commentary. These include P.D. James' Death Comes to Pemberley and Seth Graham Smith's Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, one of those paranormal adaptations I was talking about. And how many authors who have been dead for 200 years have their own thriving fan club? Jane Austen would be at the top of that list. Her modern-day fans are called Janeites, and they number in the hundreds of thousands around the world. In the U.S. alone, the Jane Austen Society of North America boasts over 4,500 members in more than 60 chapters. Their devotion on display in their conventions and their detailed Regency costumes and their self-written sequels of her books rival the subcultures around Star Trek and Harry Potter. No doubt, Jane Austen would be surprised by this modern-day notoriety. Jane Austen, 1775 to 1817, was the fifth of seven children born to George Austen, a gentleman curate, and Cassandra Lee, the daughter of landed gentry. Her childhood was an intellectually active one that saw her and her six siblings staging amateur theatricals and taking full advantage of their father's library. Jane attended boarding school during her pre-lesson years, studying writing, foreign language, geography, and music. While there, she contracted typhus and almost succumbed to it. As a teenager, Jane wrote extensively, churning out funny sketches and stories for her family's amusement. No doubt her talent was honed in these formative years. And then, in 1805, after having moved his family to Bath, George Austin died. The surviving Austins were thrown into a world of uncertainty. Her father's death meant that the two daughters, Jane and Cassandra, were stripped of their one means of, quote, earning a living at, the, at that time, that of marrying well. Without a dowry from their dad, Jane and Cassandra were at a distinct disadvantage compared to other young women of their class. And because they were considered gentlewomen, they were not permitted to work outside the home. In these dire circumstances, and in the fact that British women at that time were not allowed to inherit property, Jane found her true subject, the incredible pressure women felt to, quote, marry up, and the almost insurmountable difficulties they faced when they failed to do so. Her real life yielded more than enough inspiration more on that in a minute. As talented and driven as she was, Austin's path to publication was a rocky one. One publisher sat so long on her manuscript for what would eventually become Northanger Abbey that Austin wrote to him to inquire about his fate, signing her letter with the initials M-A-D, a fitting pseudonym. It wasn't until her late 30s that Austin was finally starting to get recognized for her genius, 
and by then she had little time left. For certain, Austin, a writer at the height of her creative powers, died too young at 41 from an infection. In a minute, I'll share perhaps the most surprising part of the real Jane Austen story, right after... Parent TV brings you the fabulous interview series, World Anchors Network. At World Anchors Network, you might find your favorite new contemporary writer. World Anchors Network interviews are cutting edge and exciting with the host Dustin Pickering asking questions about the craft and its relevance to today's world. Learn more. You can also be one of our unique guests. Send a bio, a headshot, and sample writing to publication.worldinkers at gmail.com. World Inkers Network, an impressive revolution in the literary world. To the irony of the real Jane Austen story. In all of Jane Austen's narratives, from Pride and Prejudice to Persuasion to Emma, the girl always gets the man. Spoiler alert, there might be trials and setbacks, but in the end, Elizabeth is going to fall for Mr. Darcy. In her own life, Jane Austen never achieved such happiness. Not that she didn't try. In 1795, at the tender age of 20, Jane fell in love with a nephew of a nearby neighbor, a handsome lad named Tom Lefroy. Tom was a student attending law school nearby. And from all indications, the affection was returned as well. Unfortunately for the pair, when the Roy's parents discovered Jane's financial situation, no dowry, that is, they broke up the relationship. Then, seven years later, Jane received her one and only marriage proposal. Enter the real-life character who could have walked out of, one of the, out of the pages of one of her novels, Harris Biggs Wither, a childhood friend of the family. After suitable introduction and exchanges, Big Withers asked Jane to marry him. Sensing the practical measure of both their situations, Jane agrees to the marriage. You see, Big, Big Withers is, is due to inherit a sizable amount of real estate and is quite well off. Jane, though, held no true love for Biggs Withers, no affection whatsoever. But the convenience of being provided for and for her family's future as well seemed to have dictated her acceptance of the proposal. Then, in a turn very much like one of her pen characters, Jane revoked her acceptance the next day. As she wrote to a niece later, do not wed if the affection, if the affection is not there. So she never achieved real happiness and love. So how can an author whose own life denied her the sensual experience of love write so eloquently and convincingly of love, affection, and a relationship between men and women? Perhaps emerging writers can take heed from her accomplishments. Of course, great writers can write what they know, but they can also write what they observe, research, and learn about. Jane Austen certainly did. Like Jane Austen, I have to admit, I had no personal intimate knowledge of my subject, ghosts, for my paranormal mysteries. 
but I did a great deal of research to make my ghost stories as real and authentic as possible. If you might have an interest in my haunted shore mysteries, you'll find excerpts and details of all three books at my website, www.authorrandyoverbeck.com. There you can also find more episodes of my podcast, Great Stories, about great storytellers. Thanks for lending me your ears for a few minutes. And speaking of ghosts, you're not going to want to miss my next podcast about the most famous Christmas ghost storyteller ever, the incomparable Charles Dickens. Until next time, keep reading the great stories, and I hope one of them is mine.